But um, I guess to start off, uh, how did you get um, you know, into, into music? And then I guess what made you decide you wanted to do film and, and, and television? I got into music through my mum, who is a music teacher. Uh-huh. Um, and she always said, don't go into music, there's no money in it. <laughs> um, but yeah, through her, and, you know, I'd studied piano and all that kind of stuff. And then mm-hmm. I went to the Royal Scottish Academy of Music and studied there. Mm-hmm. And just I just always loved music and I always loved writing music. Didn't mm-hmm. really know what, didn't know what or why or anything. I just always, always loved kind of coming up with tunes and songs and stuff like that. Right. And then when I was at the Royal Scottish Academy, I started working with some bands at in a studio in Glasgow and then a couple of those bands like Bell and Sebastian and Snow Patrol and those kind of guys did a remix for Snow Patrol mm-hmm. and then from there some of the film guys said god we love that kind of stuff that's really cool do you want to come and do some film stuff I was mm-hmm. like yes yeah. so I just started off doing short films and stuff and then do the short films and then these other bands heard that and said oh god that's cool do you want to come and work on our project so there's <laughs> always been it's weird I mean again talking about being the right place at the right time there's always been that crossover and it's always just been sort of like for the fun of it. Mm-hmm. And then you know, gradually doing more and more of it. And it's weird now, particularly with things like the social network and stuff winning the Oscar, there is such a crossover now as far as it's almost become acceptable now. I think it's the social network winning the Academy mm-hmm. Award was the most unbelievable thing because part of that's a genius score. Right. It's become acceptable now to do something different. It doesn't just have to be classical. I know it hasn't always been classical, mm-hmm. But the fact that it's now gone mainstream is like, it's a huge thing for composers yeah. across the world. And it means that you can go and try out different stuff. And why can't a band write a soundtrack? You know, why can't a classical composer work with bands? There's absolutely no reason, but it's just previously it hasn't been the done thing. Whereas now it's like, right, well, go for it. Do what the hell you like. Yeah. Um, which is kind of how Limitless came about, really. So <laughs> how did you get involved with uh, the project and, you know, Neil Berger and all that? Blackmail. Uh, <laughs> Naked photos on the web. Um, no, but, uh, basically, I got a phone call. I just, I've finished. I've uh, been working with this incredible producer called Spike, um, who's got a studio at the same place as me mm-hmm. in Santa Monica, and he'd asked me to do some programming for No Doubt's new album. Mm-hmm. So I've been working with this kind of electronica sounds and '80s stuff, and then I flew back to Glasgow in Scotland, in the UK, for Christmas. Thought, right, you know, t- time off. I've done three sound checks last year. I've you know, worked with various bands and got off the plane. And literally, as soon as I got off the plane, I got a phone call from this guy in New York saying, yeah, <laughs> what, you know, what are you up to? I was like, well, literally just got off the plane. Uh-huh. And they said, right, we want you to pitch for this film. So I was like, okay, great. You know, what, what kind of film is it? Is it my style? And they said, we think it's totally up your street. Um, so I had various chats and stuff. And then, yeah, pitched for it. And... Because I'd been, yeah, they sent me the script, they sent me some visuals, I had a look at it, I was back in the UK, I had for a recording session, then I was going back to go and see family and stuff, and so I didn't have time to do a full-on pitch, but I had a day and a half of basically, I just wrote some tracks which I thought would be suitable, having seen the subject matter and seen it's about drug taking, seen it's about such and such. I wrote some stuff and apparently they laid it against five scenes and they said that as far as they were concerned, they could put that out tomorrow and they're really, really happy with it. And they wow. said, my God, if you can do that in a day and a half, <laughs> what heck do do in um, ooh, three and a half weeks, which is what I was left with to do the entire soundtrack. They did, th- wow, three and a half weeks? <laughs> okay. It was three and a half weeks. And I got Christmas Day off. They very kindly gave me Christmas Day off, oh, so that was good. <laughs> 
But um, and I, and I think that's the important thing is you know if if you can show that you can do something and they happen to marry it up to picture and it happens to work brilliantly anyway, mm-hmm. that's that's your battle for to begin with because the hardest part of composition is coming up with a tune and a soundscape and a palette right. which the director's happy with, which you're happy with, and which suits the film. Because uh-huh. from there, if you're all singing from the same hymn sheet, it's really easy just to kind of carry on with that. Uh-huh. But it's trying to find those initial steps. And fortunately, as I say, you know, I've been working with this band, had all these electronica sounds around. I've been trying for ages to find a project which I could do an electronic score on, because normally I do a lot of film, like a lot of orchestra stuff for films. Mm-hmm. And... Um, so all of a sudden, this was absolutely fantastic. And they were like, yeah, we want this. We want it to be an electronic soundtrack. Mm-hmm. You can have an orchestra if you want, but don't make it sound like an orchestra. <laughs> you know, we want people to come out of the cinema thinking this has been a really fucked up soundtrack. Uh-huh. Do you think um, that a traditional or orchestral score would that have worked for Limitless? Or I don't think so. Um, the composer that was on board before, who's a fantastic composer, it just didn't quite work out with him, I think, mm-hmm. for the simple reason that it was quite, I think he had done quite a classical thing. Mm-hmm. And that's certainly not a judgment on him, he's a brilliant composer. Right, right. But um, I think, and for them having been there, they then knew what didn't work. Mm-hmm. And so what subsequently would work is, okay, well, we know that that's not going to do it, so let's try going down the electronic side. Um, I mean, for, for writing, and I guess I can understand, I mean, I'm not even a musician, but when you write for an instrument, you know exactly what sound you're going to get. You know what a you know a violin's going to make. But how do you write for electronic sounds where you're creating, I guess, everything from scratch, and they're all custom, right? I guess sounds yeah. and stuff. So I mean, are you just toying with something, and then you say, okay, I know what that sounds like. Now I can write, you know, for that. Or do you? I mean, is it a lot of experimentation? And it's 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 total experimentation. And I mean, a lot of this soundtrack was it, the main part. Going back to it was coming up with that initial theme. Mm-hmm. And when we spoke about what we wanted to achieve from this theme, it was, we wanted a really, really simple motif. So it's a little three-note motif. Yeah. And then that goes from major to minor to try to show his real twisted side of his head. Mm-hmm. And when we've got that, we thought, well, okay, that's fine, because then that can be twisted in different ways, whether he's happy on NZT, the drug that he takes, mm-hmm. which when you finally see the film, you'll see what I'm talking about. <laughs> um, and so similarly, if he's in a bad state, we can have it kind of major minor, it's getting really clashing in his head. Mm-hmm. And similarly, if he's in a good state, then we can have it crystal clear. And the first time you hear it is when he takes drugs for the first time. Uh-huh. Um, and it's in a good way. It's suddenly, my God, this drug is helping me achieve, you know, find, access the other 80% of my brain. Right. It's a really good thing. And they bung the music up so loud in the mix. It's like, this is a crystal clear sound. So it's like, okay. And so that first instinct, that first impression of that tune and that motif was trying to come up with a sounds for that that was crystal clear. It was like a bell going off in his head. I wanted something quite bell-like. It's actually a combination of about four different sounds from different analog scents and different kind of real vintage kind of gear. Uh And then from there, it's kind of, okay, well, we've got that as a starting point. Let's come up with sounds around it. But the one thing I hate, I mean, computers and synthesizers are absolutely amazing. And what they've enabled us to achieve as composers is phenomenal. But there are so many flipping presets out there, which composers or whoever can just go, right, preset number one. Oh, that's a nice pad. We'll stick that in there. You know, just go in, you know, go into it. Just find the initial waveform and start mucking around with it. It's really easy. It just takes a bit of time. And I think people a lot of time don't have patience. But whilst you've only got, you know, I only had three and a half weeks for this soundtrack, at the same time, it was essential to come up with something so distinct for this sound 
um, going on in his head. Right. So yeah, it literally was. I spent the first yeah, having after I got the gig, I spent the first three days just locked myself away in the studio and coming up with these sounds, these weird electronic uh -huh. sounds, and yeah, mucking around with them, putting them through distortion and vocoders and different effects and stuff. So I came up with stuff that was a palette that I was really happy with. Mm -hmm. So and. I guess when you you're using a completely electronic soundscape, what what I guess what do you see was what was your music's goal for the character and I guess the energy of the film? I mean, I, I understand you know it's dealing with the brain, which is you know energy and, and electricity. But I mean, what what did you see of your music? What was the purpose of your music in the film? Well, the purpose was twofold. I mean, it's such a stylized film, mm -hmm. and it's such there are so many visual effects on it. It's very very attention grabbing when you see it. Mm -hmm. And the music, we said right from the start, was going to be such an integral part of it because it had to carry the pace of so many scenes. Right. A lot of the time he's tripping, but okay, that's fine. You're looking at the visual effects, but how the hell do you portray what's going on in Eddie's head? Mm -hmm. And what we tried to achieve with it, me and Neil, the director, was trying to achieve the fact that we're not doing a traditional score. We're not going, okay, here's a chase scene. Mm -hmm. Let's put on some drums and we're running along. What we're trying to show is that it's very, very disjointed. All the time we're trying to portray what was going on in Eddie's head. So if he's happy on NZT, he's fine. If he's sad on NZT, it's getting, tri getting trippy and it's getting bad. We're making it really, really twisted and really distorted. What was fantastic was having that ability to really push the boat out as far as sounds go, because that's what's going on in his head. And I think that's such an interesting way of treating the film. It was one of Neil's ideas. He said, look, I don't want a normal soundtrack. I really just want the entire thing to be picture in Eddie's head. Mm -hmm. He's got a lot of monologue going on in it and the dialogue and voiceover going over the film. I want the music to achieve the same thing. I want it to be, he's doing the dialogue. He's got his own music coming out as he goes along. And then we use source music for when there's a club scene or whatever else, right. something that's happening in actuality and the real life stuff. Okay. Um, so how did you make sure that you didn't, you know, overkill it in, in terms of, because there, there's a lot of tracks that are kind of, you know, much more subtle and more, you know, tone, you know, but I guess you said in the mix, they really pump it, you know, over the top, but how did you make sure that the sound palette didn't overkill, you know, the listeners? Because the, what I loved about it is that it still had like a, a very hyper energy, but I, I, I was still able to make out the themes and the melodies and it still affected me as a listener, but... I mean, was there a point where you got, you're like, okay, there's too much here, we need to take some off, or, I mean, is there, you know? Yeah, no, absolutely, and I mean, there's one scene where Eddie's walking down, he's basically just kind of given over a whole load of cash to someone, he's walking down the street, and he's, it's probably about two-thirds of the way in, and he's absolutely losing the plot completely, and when they actually used it all, I was like, I cannot believe that they've done this, because again, he's just losing it completely. There were other moments where it started off with so many layers and then gradually stripped back and stripped back and stripped back and stripped back to literally it's this really simple Rhodes tune on the top and I think maybe a couple of beats and distorted bass. There's probably about four tracks in total. Uh -huh. And I think that's the interesting thing is finding out what's overkill or not. And overkill is a very personal thing and so I'm sure I'll probably get death threats from people going, oh my God, you've ruined the movie. <laughs> but I think you know, overkill is a personal thing and just because one person thinks that the music is really good doesn't mean that someone else likes it. And simply one person might think that a scene doesn't need music at all. Uh -huh. And another person will think that a scene does need music. And I think that's the conversation that you have between the director and composer. And right. it's up to you guys to decide. And then as long as you're confident in that vision, then <laughs> it's on our heads if it works or not. Right. Okay. <laughs> um, let's 
see. Let's see what I got here. So you've also composed for um, uh, MI5, which is, you know, for BBC television. What are the major, I guess, challenge, different challenges working on a, you know, long-running series like that for television versus composing a two-hour, you know, feature film? 